Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today with week 81 of the Ham Radio Podcast. And it is me, the Lone Bolt Wanderer. And Carrick from ACG. Oh, fun How times. How you going, Carrick? I'm doing excellent. Thank you. Cool. <laughs> and this week, we're going to have a really interesting discussion. But as always, before we roll into that, in the link down below, you will have your mobile podcast. You can listen on iTunes, Google Play. Mm-hmm. Whatever device you're on, you can listen to us wherever you go. And also, Noah's not here this week. He was going to be on, but right last minute he was called back into work as he was leaving, so he had to stay extra. And we, we delayed the podcast to have him on, but fuck us, right? So hey, I, I was <laughs> able to cook some nice eggs with some avocado. Yeah, so. I had, I had Thank dump- you, I had, Noah. I had homemade dumplings, so it's fine with me, too. Oh, nice. Yeah, dude. They're fire. Anyway... <laughs> Let's just get into it today. Let's not hold back. We know what everyone's here for. They want the ultimate discussion on Bethesda's review copy policy. But before we get into that, Lone, you made a good uh, a good suggestion that I think we should all take into consideration, which is labeling our stance on this. Clearly. Yeah. Well, we, so there's we no confusion. That, because what we don't want is this entirely one-sided discussion mm-hmm. about this. Um, and, you know, a few people on Twitter were, were commenting how, or, you know, there are multiple sides that need to be covered. So we're going to try and very clearly label each side of the argument that we're each going to be taking. So for me, I'll be a, a very assholey devil's advocate. <laughs> I'll pretty much be pointing out, as, like putting my personal feelings aside and pointing out as many holes in arguments um, that are being made against Bethesda's policy. So essentially, I'll be arguing for Bethesda's new policy, or at least arguing why it isn't that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, Maddie, I believe that you'd be arguing against it, or yeah, I mean, for me, I I will admit my personal stance is it's very middle of the road. There's some good, yeah. some good, some good, some bad. But yeah, for me my too. for the sake of the podcast and the argument, I'll be arguing against Bethesda. Yeah, and then Carrick can just you know jump in whatever. And, and, and that is two cents. Um, so just be fucking bear in mind that those are the sides of the arguments that we're taking. We're not, yeah. you know, we're, we're trying to cover both sides of the argument here and be as fair and as also, possible. And also, I want to put out there that none of us at any point in time have received money from Bethesda whatsoever <laughs> for any content creation. So before you say uh, Bethesda shill, that's a new one I've been getting lately. It's Bethesda shill. Like they're fucking nice. paying me. Uh no one here has been paid by Bethesda ever, or been. I at least have never been offered. Um, so God, I haven't been this, offered. Our personal business relationship and friendship with them does not impact the discussion today. And the reason we're going through all these precautions is because this has slowly developed into a very controversial and divided discussion that shouldn't have really been big news. And I don't think Bethesda really expected, at least I'd imagine, they didn't really expect the backlash, the response that it's been getting where everyone's been talking about their review copy policy. Yeah. So now that that's all out of the way, all the precautions, let's reread the review copy policy from Bethesda themselves because I think it's important that we retrace where this originally came from. I probably should have had this up. 
in advance, but I can. Wow, first thing that comes up review policy. Boom. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And some of the headlines are why Bethesda is wrong about its new video game policy. And also, it's no secret that we make YouTube videos on video games. So sometimes in our argument, yeah, you'll hear, uh, I, I would. I don't want to speak for you guys, but I'll say, yeah, you'll hear a bit of bias, but that's not coming out of entitlement or the demand for a free game. That's another argument I've been seeing a lot of is that, mm. oh, you're just a re- you're a YouTuber, you're a reviewer, you just want the free game. Not everyone's entitled to a free game. Um, but in the honest opinion, nowadays, the way reviews work, our reviews can go up whenever. It's about the audience. So we're having this discussion for the consumer. Not for our yeah. own personal gain and benefit. Does it impact us? Absolutely. But from the sounds of the article itself, it's mostly positive for YouTubers. So we're not really too jaded about what's going on here. I'm trying to find the – it's all articles about why Bethesda sucks. I can't find it directly. I think it's on Bethesda.net. <laughs> no, I know. But I can't find it directly on them. Like I typed in Bethesda review policy and it's like, why Bethesda's wrong? Why Bethesda's new policy is stupid? <laughs> all right. I finally got it here. Hold on. It's loading. Oh, of course. Enter your birth date. Well, then. Oh, uh, okay. C- c- as an aside, every time I enter Bethesda's website, I have to enter my birthday. It's so yeah, annoying. I know. It's the yeah, it only is. website that does that. Uh, All right. I have it. So let's reread this. At Bethesda, we value media reviews. We read them. We watch them. We try to learn from them when they offer critique. And we understand their value to our players. Fair enough. That's a good start. Earlier bleh, earlier this year, we released Doom. We sent review copies to arrive the day before launch, which led to speculation about the quality of the game. Since then, Doom has emerged as a critical and commercial hit and is now one of the highest-rated shooters of the past few years, which also low-key confirms that the game sold well, which a lot of people were doubtful of because of all the sales, and they made it free at E3 for, like, I think it was the first campaign levels free. Something like that. So it's good to hear that sold well. With the upcoming launches of Skyrim Special Edition and Dishonored 2, we will continue our policy of sending media review copies one day before release. While we will continue to work with media, streamers, and YouTubers to support their coverage, both before and after release, we want everyone, including those in the media, to experience our games at the same time. We also understand that some of you want to read reviews before you make your decision, and if that's the case... We encourage you to wait for your favorite reviewers to share their thoughts. And then it shares the release date for Skyrim Special Edition and Dishonored 2. So, Mm. to summarize this article, they state that because Doom sold so well and reviewed so well, despite its lack of review copies before launch, they are justifying that by saying, we're not going to do... We're going to do that same thing we did with Doom with future titles now. So... Before I go back to my summarization, I think that's the first flaw in the argument because their original reason for Doom being released on that day was because we want everyone to play together. And because multiplayer servers, it wouldn't be an optimal experience because they wouldn't be populated. I played plenty of multiplayer games before launch. Forza Horizon 3 was probably the most recent one that comes to mind. Carrick, you did as well. I reviewed that just fine, had an optimal experience. So, for me, I look at that and just kind of shrug my shoulders at it. Anyway, like I said, to summarize this, though, they're saying, wait for your favorite reviewers if you have to. This is our policy. They're not forcing it down anyone's throat. They're saying, if you want to wait to buy it, you can. 
They're saying we read, we watch reviews, we try to learn from them, and we understand the value that they have. So mm-hmm. with all that understanding said, you wonder if they're just saying it for the sake of saying it so that they don't look like the bad guys, or if they actually, like, are they trying to butter us up so when they drop the heavy news, which is in the middle section, that um, it's not just as heavy. That's kind of the vibe I got, though. But I'd love to hear everyone's thoughts on this because I've, I've literally been counting down to this. <laughs> Carrick, feel free to start. <clears throat> um, <laughs> oh, he's adjusting his seat and everything. So, well, I mean, well, okay, I'll just – I don't really give a shit about if people, like, understand my – position on something if it helps me or hinders me but i'm going to say it on your podcast because i think that's only fair to you guys this really does uh assist me because what it does is it truncates that distance between a professional review and my own whether the day prior ign gets it and then the next day i do that means i have a shorter period between them getting a bunch of hits on a two-minute review and me actually doing a detailed one yes i did just burn them on purpose when it comes down (laughs) to it uh i think that um that it helps people like Matt or it helps people like me. Though Matt and I do slightly different things, he does a little bit more of the the Let's Plays where now I'm starting to do more previews. But I think overall we would probably fit into both sections. We would fit into the coverage section and the review section. It does help us. So I want to say that first. It, I mean, it's it's good news for us. However, I started the entire channel, and if you go and check, and if you watch the very first podcasts, I started my channel for consumers because I had been burned personally, by various different situations in the industry. Uh, sound, music, and voice. That's why I do them in reviews, because it's not covered in other people's. There's th- That's how I built the entire channel. If you look at PR and you look at the way, and by the way, I worked in PR for seven years. Uh, this is technically a typical positive-negative kind of, uh, uh, of announcement that you do. Uh, we see really good business uh, opportunities in the future. We have to relieve 30 people of their jobs. This is typical, very, very basic stuff for any PR company. Um, and you can certainly tell that was written by somebody who who very closely wanted to get some some positive, negative. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like, here's a little bit, here's a little bit. Oh, we're going back to this. Yeah, they say contrast between we, we care about reviewers. And then they basically are just like, and then no one will get them. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think it's I think we can argue if it's anti-consumer. The people I have talked to, I asked twenty six or asked thirty total developers now to give their uh, word in anonymity, and this is what I usually do because I want to know, you know, what the people inside the industry think. Twenty six of them thought it was one of the worst decisions that they've experienced. With one of them being in the industry since the Coleco, uh, what was that? The Intellivision? Yeah. Was that the? Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's a long um, time. <laughs> yeah, and and stated that it was the most anti-consumer decision they've ever seen from a company in that entire time. Except they did say that PS3, when Sony said get a second job, they did think that that was probably quite close. So, the the developers think that, and it, it's sort of sad in that aspect that even people underneath the publishers are having issues with it. But in the end. Bethesda releases how many games? That's Maybe, a great point you made. I, remember I made this that. point to Maddie this morning. Bethesda is a company that doesn't release a ton of games. If they choose to do this, their games are inherently buggy. Um, maybe this, you know, we'll, we'll see how that sort of, you know, comes out in day one patches and stuff. Um, if it was a bigger company, which I have heard rumor, because I talked about this six months ago when I had heard Bethesda was planning on doing this, 
uh, there are two other big companies that are, might do it. If that's the fact, then I think I would have more, like, I think I'd be really nervous right now. It, it, right now, it's Bethesda, which is, what do we got net coming up? We have nothing, right? They haven't announced anything. Well, Dishonored 2. I'm sorry, Dishonored 2. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so it's interesting. I mean, it's sad, but my anger's burned out to the point to where I'm just like... <laughs> Yeah. And Lone, what are your right. general thoughts? All right, well, general thoughts. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, your general thoughts on it and then your devil's advocate. Yeah, before I be thoughts. devil's advocate. So <laughs> I, I, I keep bringing this up as a joke, and I'm not trying to be an asshole about it um, to Maddie, and he's walked away. So I keep saying as a joke that I received Fallout 4 several weeks early, and mm. I'd oh. be lying if I said that. That didn't help me at like in terms of playing the game thoroughly and reviewing it. It really, really did help me, especially as someone that had at the at the time, you know, a full time job. And because of that, I, I I could not imagine you know receiving the game Fallout Four a day before and and producing any kind of video content at all, you know, for for release. Yeah. Um. So I I would have like to have seen maybe you know a week prior or even several days prior as opposed to a day but th- those are you know m- my personal feelings aside to play devil's advocate for a second what if i say like i've seen a lot of arguments that um people have, have put against this they say well look this is going to lead to to rush reviews people are going to rush out to to make reviews to get the clicks etc cetera, etc cetera. what if i say that wouldn't that be an onus on the reviewer side? Shouldn't reviewers do a more thorough job of reviewing and not worry about getting a video out on day one to get a lot of clicks? Isn't that more the reviewer side as opposed to Bethesda's side? Yeah. What would you guys think? I about? agree with that. I think for me, the way I, I and I worded this poorly when I did say it originally on Twitter, it's that um, I did say it in response to Leonidas. He's a guy who always asks good questions on the podcast. He, he really uh, does. <laughs> he, um, said something to me and I said in response, well, it's that I'm not going to sit here and pretend that YouTube isn't full of opportunists. Everyone on YouTube is an opportunist and they want to seize that moment where they can climb above the rest. We're all friends here, but yeah, like there's this degree of competition. So yeah, we're thorough reviewers. We are known for our thorough discussions and our, you know, we put our thoughts out there and people know that regardless of whether they agree or not, those are our concrete thoughts and that we spent time thinking about those. There is going to be someone out there who will get the game a day ahead of time and say, I'm going to rush through this game. I'm going to make a review and be the first one to have a review out there so that I can get a bunch of new subs. Will that result in their channel blowing up? I don't know. I'm just saying, though, that my big problem is that you're going to see a lot of those reviews. And part of it is consumer responsibility. You got to trust the consumer that they're going to do the research before they pick up the product. And they always should. Some people, though... Once again, I'm not going to sit here and pretend there's not. There are people who are not going to wait. They should wait. They always should wait. But there are people who are not going to wait. And that's their problem, absolutely. Like you said, that's not really Bethesda's issue because this problem caters to them. But those rushed reviews are going to be put out there and the rushed consumer is going to eat those up. So it's like a rushed circle jerk almost. (laughs) And so that's my problem there is that a lot of people are going to be misinformed and perhaps someone does gain a following from that rushed review. Then that person rushes another review and another and another and he gets known for his speedy quick reviews before everyone else. Yeah. And so that's my 
worry with it is that if this becomes a widespread thing where Bethesda is a big name, they're a big company. They made headlines everywhere when they made this decision. So for me, I see this and wonder, like, what if other companies start doing this? Then, yeah, I'd imagine we're going to see a lot of opportunists stepping in and making really rush reviews. But one thing I like about YouTube is that I've learned over not learned, but I've seen over time with my own work and others is that if you put in the effort, usually not always, but if you put in the effort, it'll get recognized and you'll usually mm-hmm. just climb your way up gradually. If you don't, it happens, yeah. but usually the, the hard work is rewarded just because someone will share your stuff. So, what do you think, Karen? Uh, well, I think there's two problems with that. One, we already know Polygon, IGN, GameSpot, and GamesRadar all have retail sources. I have a retail source. So that means I usually get games two weeks early, even if I don't get a review copy. Um, one week early if the retail source is a little late. Polygon's already admitted multiple times they're going to go to retail sources. So have many of the big companies. So what you have now is you have a situation where the game might technically be reviewed in a state in which it isn't prepared to be patched because Bethesda is no longer worried about review copies. Here's the thing. You cannot accept responsibility in one section and then remove it from another. Bethesda cannot do this and then say they have no responsibility. We can't say that the review system is all on the consumer if, in the end, the consumer isn't the one choosing this. Bethesda is choosing it. If other companies go forward, the companies are choosing it. The thing is, is people like to have ways... They like to have it both ways all the time. They like to say, oh, no, it's just them and it's not them. It doesn't work that way. It's impossible to work that way. And a company like Bethesda has a system that was already in place. And this is when when I contacted the professors. I told Maddie about this yesterday. Contacted a good number of professors about ethics, business ethics, business courses. And I said, listen, this is what's going on. And their exact words were this. And they all pretty much agreed. A soft system, though the review system is a soft system currently, it is still a system in which a consumer gets information, uh, especially from what is considered trusted sources or sources that, as a combination, most of the time agree somewhat within a Metacritic-style score, which is actually true. Even if we see a low score occasionally, yeah. you do sort of it's see... An outlier, yeah. Yeah, and you see the bugs, right? Like, Maddie may say, dude, I'm having an AI bug, and I say, guess what? So am I. He may score the game different than I do, but we both mention the AI bug. So you have that situation where consumers are informed inherently from the beginning, and Bethesda is removing that on purpose. Now, that is a sort of a different discussion because the thing to me is I like to be scientific about it. You have a situation that is currently working or maybe not working as well as you want. Uh, removing it is the nuclear option. And mm. it's funny because Bethesda is the ones who have you blow up a city. And here they are <laughs> saying, they're, they're, they're like, they just threw their arms up and said, listen, we can't control the narrative, so let's destroy the narrative. Now, I get that. When I say destroy the narrative, I want people to understand what I mean. I have seen and I have... I have been asked to sign influencer, which is what Bethesda says, influencer NDAs that I can tell you right now, if you have an issue with a reviewer, they have, and I've worked on websites before, they have everything from ethics uh, rules for how they do their reviews. They have a ton of stuff. Mm. Influencers do not. In fact, I think I'm one of the few that actually created them prior to opening the channel in the first place. So you have a situation where these influencers are told they cannot talk negatively about a game. That is not what a reviewer is told. They are going to be shaping that narrative. And we can't look at a company like Bethesda and give them a big fucking hug. Bethesda is trying to make as much money as possible, and they are doing the one thing they can do, which is to remove any of that discussion from occurring. And they've done it. They've effectively neutered the entire process when it comes to their games. Here's the thing. 
Will it? Re- this is the more interesting question to me after all that. Will it result in them finally being called on the carpet for possibly the buggiest games that are currently being released? Mm. And that's what is going to be very interesting to me because I was com- people complained about me complaining about the bugs where mm-hmm. like a polygon didn't right or a games radar didn't maybe as much as I did I can't wait to see like will that turn up the critique um, a bit to where people are a little harder on games that I think even me and Maddie behind the scenes have been like whoa 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 hmm. these guys are saying this is a fucking like a come I mean come yeah. on like like that, I mean, that's like your MP3 song you just bought from Prince suddenly crashing in the middle, like, <laughs> or or somebody releasing an MP3 and then patching it. Like, oh, we put some symbols in. What the fuck are you talking about? Like, yeah, I bought it. It should work. So that's the more interesting question to me: is what does it mean? Like, will critique be turned up? And mm. that that's a good thing. Yeah, no. I, I I always well, feel that. Not to interrupt Elon, but I just want to toss yeah. out there. I always feel like personal beliefs shouldn't be. Uh, it like help influence a review, right? Uh, and you know by that I mean that if you disagree with Bethesda's decision, I I mean especially someone who doesn't agree with it, um, I don't like to say oh tough shit deal with it, but I think when you're reviewing their game, you have to have that tough shit deal with it and just review the game itself because you know that's a temporary feeling. You're going to get over it, uh, whatever you know upsetment you have at but is upsetment a word? Oh, so sorry. What you're saying is that people shouldn't more negatively review Bethesda's games because of this decision. Yeah, no. They, oh, they... but wait, wait, wait. They're the ones. Wait, if that's okay. But if that's true, then they wouldn't say the things like "wait." Okay, so we can't have it both ways. You can't. Mm-hmm. They're distinctly in their own in their own announcement stating that you should wait, and if you think these things, so I mean, I get what you're saying. What you're saying is you shouldn't let emotion affect your review if the company does something poor or good, yeah. which I think some viewers are going to have a lot of com- like a lot of back and forth about that because DLC mm. purchasing, I just yeah. got a bunch of shit. I mean, yeah, by that I mean, when I review a game, I review it as, and you do the same, the game itself. Right. If, if it's, you're right. picking up for the first time, it's the game itself. Right. That's how I try to approach the review. Uh, Plus a game so, by the developer, not the publisher. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so I well, try not to let right. it... it how do I word it? I just want to make sure people are clear on what you're mm. saying because I yeah, actually because like what you're saying. I'll say like for example, <laughs> EA has shitty microtransaction things. You know, for example, when it started with Mass right. Effect Three, right? But I still say I love Mass Effect Three, and that's a game I'd always recommend. And that microtransaction sure. shit doesn't affect my opinion on the base game itself because then I think mm. the discussion expands to the DLC from there. Mm. Well, and I think what you're gonna hear. And this is just from my own experience, mm-hmm. is that a lot of people will, will tell you and me we're wrong. Yeah. And that it because for example, I rated Titanfall and people said, Oh, you forgot the Titanfall DLC is free. And I said, No, because when I turn on Titanfall right now, the DLC doesn't magically show up. I'm reviewing the yeah. game right now, not tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Now, if I reviewed yeah. it tomorrow, then I would review it in that way. Um, but I get what you're saying. What I'm saying, I think, is that in a way, Bethesda, the way they've worded it and what they're doing, has has sort of put the onus on reviewers. Like, they're the ones who point out if you think you should wait. And and they're the ones who point out, oh, look at how good Doom was. So in a way, they're the one focusing or or making sure people understand, oh, well, despite Doom, it, it, you know, it was great, right? Yeah. Despite it. So at the same time, they're the ones who are in a weird way, if you read it, 
yeah. sort of hinting that maybe reviews might watch that closer. I don't know. I agree with you. I'm just saying. Yeah, it's, no, it's it could go. Word yeah. Thing. One thing well, I want uh, so, so to throw in. Talking too much. I, I, yeah, that's all right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry. So, again, to, to throw in another a devil's advocate thing here. Mm-hmm. What if I said that, look, consumers aren't forced to purchase a game day one or even pre-order a game. And, you know, because they specifically and explicitly know now that reviews are going to be essentially withheld until or review copies are going to be withheld until a day before release. So reviews might take a little bit longer to come out. So again, isn't this one of those things where the consumers should be waiting um, instead of getting angry at the fact that they can't purchase day one? I'll answer that because Maddie's getting up. Sure. Um, we're removing a system that was already in place so we didn't have to worry about it. Now we're worrying about it. What is the acceptable day? 2.2 days, 2.8 days, 28 days, 30 days. Mm. At some point, what happens is you're creating a soft rule for a system that was already in place. And so what I think a lot of people's complaint is, is their nuclear option, which is to remove the entire system, is causing a ton of soft rules. And soft rules, if you understand anything about like consumerism and stuff like that, is sort of, it's almost like saying, oh, here's my car. It might come with seatbelts. (laughs) <laughs> Not 100% sure. Um, but if it doesn't, I can get them later. Um, or should you buy seatbelts right away? There's and, and that's a lot of people are going to be like, that's hyperbole. And as I stated in, in Matt's Twitter to somebody, sometimes uh, being really sensationalist is the easiest way to get a, uh, an idea across. It's not mm. that I believe the same thing about cars, but you can't when you find out that you're creating multiple systems. In fact, this is something I did for 13 years was setting up uh, particular groups in particular industries all across the world. And I'm going to tell you right now, whenever you find yourself setting up multiple rule systems, you usually have to look at the initial, at the initial problem and identify that it's actually, that's where the fix like should have occurred in the first place. If you're, if you're finding yourself saying, Oh, well you should wait 3.9 days or 6.10 or to patch two. Um, then, then you have this. And what if there's no problem with the game? Then the first day purchase would have been fine. Like, yeah, it's 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 creating rules for a system that is already there that somebody's just arbitrarily removed. Hmm. But that's my thought. What do you think, Matt? What was the question again? Because my brother just so came I, 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 I again, you know, being being devil's advocate, I was trying to say, well, yes, Bethesda has um, said they're going to be withholding review copies until a day before release. But why can't consumers just wait? And as Bethesda said. For their review is to let out their reviews before they purchase, let alone pre-order. Mm. I mean, that's the one argument I have trouble refuting. To tell you the truth, is that, um, and I, maybe I would have thought of something different if I heard Carrick's end of things. But uh, for me, I, I have trouble refuting that point because I, I always feel that there's a, a mixture on that one. That's one thing that I'll say is is very hard for me to pick because I understand why you get that game day one because there's an excitement in the air before big game launches and you want to be a part of that. And I totally get that. But that also, does that outweigh making a smart purchase decision? You look at, I think Destiny is an example I can think of off the top of my head where it's like there's a lot of hype. Everyone's looking forward to Bungie's big next game. And it comes out and it's like sixes and sevens across the board. And it's it's really not that good, mm. at least in my opinion. And so for me, yeah, it, it's a hard balance to strike, I think, as a consumer where you want to be a part of that hype. But also, do you want to make the smart decision? I do encourage that people like wait and watch reviews and stuff but there are also some games i'll say that you could go ahead and pre-order like i said i'm not you know i'll say never pre-order a game sometimes but also i'll think that 
like if I look at Final Fantasy 15, for example, because of my personal excitement, because I love Final Fantasy, I'll be like, you should probably pre-order that game if you like Final Fantasy. But also, I'll say that because I look at it as a, if you're already a Final Fantasy fan, you're probably buying it anyway, right? Yeah. So, and the same could be said for Dishonored fans. The same could be said for Doom fans back then. You're a fan of Doom. It's an old franchise. You know, everyone's excited for it. And everyone's curious about it. And then you hear good things. But before that, if you were a Doom fan, you were buying it anyway. So mm. that's how I kind of stand on it. It's a very, I'll admit, it's a very middle-of-the-road approach. And I know on YouTube it's better to be black or white, you know, that type of decisive. There's no middle-of-the-road. <laughs> and and so I hate taking that approach sometimes because people get so pissed off about it. But to tell you the truth, I think that's the way I really sit on it is, yeah, I'll tell you to pre-order some games. I'll tell you not to pre-order some games. I'll tell you that you should wait for reviews while some games – I feel like everyone tends to develop an eye for when you get that feeling in your stomach when you watch a game. You're like, that game's going to fail. Or that game looks great, but it's, mm, I don't know. No Man's Sky for sure. I was excited, but I was thinking to myself, something's missing here. And they never explain why. And lo and behold, what happened? The game came out, and it really wasn't much. There wasn't a lot to do. There's two things that bother me in all this, too, just separate, is that, one, uh, Bethesda never has any problems using the same media outlets for previews including Polygon and IGN, the same people that they're now refusing review copies for. So it's like, hey, we're going to let you have previews all up until the moment, and then if you try to say what score you want to give, which Maddie and I have both seen NDAs that state very specifically, you can play the game, but you cannot give a final score until yeah. this particular date, which is weird. The what second that? thing that... Gears of War, I think? Oh, dude, uh, it was I, like the last seven or eight games have said yeah. something. To, to Earth Dawn just did that. But the thing that... The thing that sort of... I guess just – I don't know if I want to even say bothers me, but you look at that situation and, and that sucks. And then you look at a situation in which uh, they're – I guess when it comes to Bethesda, they're big enough to do this, right? Like yeah. uh, they're, they're, they're big enough to do it. Um, but it it just seems to me that – and this is just me being this is me being black and white because I'm consumer advocate. It, it seems to me that if if returns were available in all ways, I wouldn't have as big of a deal. But let's talk about returns for a second. Okay. PSN is one of the worst. Sony has pissed me <laughs> off so much lately. PSN bans you, bans you from support chat. This is known. It's on Neo Gaffer's huge thread. Bans you from support chat if you get more than one return. They won't let you return the same or they won't let you return a game for the same reason twice. So that means if I buy Dishonored 2 and I say I don't like it, I can't say I don't like it on my next return. They ban your chat. You can go and see. You have to fake who you are to get into their uh, chat ID. That sucks. Steam is two hours. Xbox is questionable. If those fucking companies figured out their returns, then I probably wouldn't have as big of a deal because – it, right now, you have a situation where the consumer is not backed up anywhere in any way, shape, or form on both sides. And in, That's true. I don't, and if somebody wants to argue with me with that, then go and try to return a couple games to Microsoft or a couple games to Sony and see what the fuck happens. Mm-hmm. Until we are backed up as consumers on both sides, I will always have an issue with less information being given to the consumer. What's That's your- my – if I, that – just real quick. I just want to say <clears> – <throat> no, if, if, if that was possible, I probably wouldn't be – as strongly against this. Okay. What's your when it comes to returns? I want to know what your stance is because I remember seeing some guy from Sony saying if you play a game for a while and then you return it, you're a thief. I forgot his name exactly. I want to know what your stance on that. Like a lot of people were 
uh, for their PS4 returning No Man's Sky after playing it for like 20 hours. Would you say that's justified if you decide after that time you don't like a game and return it? Because that's one thing I'm torn on. I'd say that you got to like something to put that much time into it, right? But also you want to return the game. It's the same question when you look at uh, somebody telling me uh, State of Decay's game loop doesn't start until about six hours in, and they're right. Or Mafia 3, the reverse, the best Mm -hmm. part's up front, and after that, the repetitiveness sets in. So each game is almost separate. Uh, Mm. uh, I would say that No Man's Sky is quite simply possible that if somebody meanders around on that first planet, they may not see the repetitive gameplay loops until 20 hours. However, that is one more indicator. This is where I get start getting pissed. This is one more (laughs) indicator where these companies are not backing up fucking uh, uh, consumers. And they need to – excuse me. I apologize for the language. They're not Uh, backing up – You're fine. Go for it. Pooping consumers. And what they need to do is start doing demos. They need to start making sure that consumers are backed up in their returns. And if those things occur, then all these people saying you should wait or you shouldn't listen to, to reviews, blah, blah, blah. I would, I would have a much easier time seeing their side. But they're, it, guys, if you are just a consumer who's out there looking at reviews, trying to get ideas for games, and you're not sitting there on NeoGAF 24-7 hit and refresh, it's very easy to get looped into something that you think you have the data. Somebody said this to me one day. They were like, well, you should, have, you should have had the data about Mafia 3. And I was like, okay, there were some reviews. But what if you go to a place that didn't give you the proper data about Mafia 3, and so you thought, it was, you, thought you would like it? Is that at some point... At some fucking point, where's the support for all consumers? Instead of, hey, Maddie needs to spend eight hours going to NeoGAF, Reddit, 4chan to find his data. That's, it's unacceptable. True. I mean, it's, it's, it's not supportive of a consumer. And we can't sit here and say that we love the interaction of a, buy, of a purchaser and a developer and a purchaser and a publisher and then fucking continually say that the purchaser technically has no goddamn power. That's true because it's a very. This is a very interactive medium where the devs are close with the fans. You know, you'll see them on Twitter yeah. responding. You'll see meetups at these big conventions, uh, cosplayers. You see a lot of that stuff in gaming, and it's a very interconnected type of thing. Because I think gaming sprawls from, for example, you know, gaming on the couch with a, a relative or a best friend or something. So yeah, it's very weird to see this almost disconnected approach now where you're right that the consumer is almost isolated in a position where they don't have really any power. So One of the saddest comments I just saw on YouTube yesterday was that one guy said, it seems like in the past it was, we make, uh, we make money by making games, and now it's, we need to make money by making games. And there's just a little bit of a change to, that, to the inflection of that sentence, but really that's what it is, is. It seems like in the past it was almost like an artiste and a patron you know, and you were backing up those artists because of what they created and you were supporting them. And now they're they're looking for money. And by doing so, they have to find specific things in which they create that you may like. It's all become money like it's switched. And in the 1990s, 1980s, I don't know if about you guys, but I would sort of agree with that, where it felt like the scrappiness of the industry lit up people's artistic ability and then we supported what was good. And now we are supporting what monetarily they want us to support. Mm-hmm. And that to me is frightening as a, like, as a consumer advocate and looking at what Maddie has when it comes to his gaming dollar. What's it worth? I mean, is your gaming dollar worth two hours and then you can't return a title? Like, 
what if the title is No Man's Sky? I mean, what do you think? Um, like, do you guys think No Man's Sky, do you think that's stealing if they return it after 20 hours? Because like, it depends on how you play. Hmm. It's tough to say because... Tough question. Because anyone can have any experience in that breadth of time. I can tell you what, that within 10 hours I had seen all that No Man's Sky had <laughs> offered me. Really, I did, and I kept playing until like around twenty five thirty. But I I played enough for ten hours and thought to myself, I've wasted my money entirely. And if that were an option, I would have returned the game. But someone could play, like you said, on that same planet in ten hours and get a ton of replay value and really think like, oh, this game's so big. Until they get to yeah. the next planet, and I think realize what exactly the game's all about. But it's it's an experience based thing, and as a customer support you you look at it from sony's perspective then that okay you can have anyone out there lying and saying oh i didn't like this game after 10 hours more so oh they saw all they needed to all right the game was all right and return it get their money back all right i'm gonna go spend 60 dollars on this game now and and keep and i'm saying this because i hate to sound like a scale but honestly i remember during high school when i was 16 i had 60 bucks to my name for the longest time because all i did was Went to GameStop with my two best friends, bought a bunch of used games, played them that week, returned them. Repeat. And I did it over and over and over again because I didn't have a lot of money. And so I get why people do that. Trust me, because I did it myself. I would buy a game, return it. And as someone who's uh, pro-consumer but also pro-dev, I think it's important to support the game devs in whatever way possible when they make a good product. That was totally anti-dev of what I did. That, That... well, no, hurt. but you were buying you were buying pre or uh, sorry used copies. So, so that hurts in any of it, actually, right? Yeah, ah. like if you're buying used copies, the the devs already essentially made their money. True. Okay. Um, Point. But okay. the the thing yeah, that I wanted yeah. to add to that discussion is that it also does depend on the game you're playing, of course. So you know you could have a, a Doom which finishes what it, I think the main campaign is maybe fourteen hours, fifteen hours, mm-hmm. something like that, random, anyways. But then you have a game like No Man's Sky or Fallout 4, which potentially could be 50 hours plus, you know. Um, and it's it's hard to put a hard stance in terms of the number of hours you play a game before you can't return it because each game really does differ. But th- there there is no right answer here. Like, There's no way someone could think of a percentage or a proportion that you beyond which you play a game that you can't return it. It's a case-by-case basis. It, it's, it's, it cannot be a black-and-white situation or answer here. Yeah, That's I wonder- why, to me, I would love demos. Yeah. You know? No, I say, agree. Yeah. Yeah, if, if, if it works on your system, it's yours. <laughs> but yeah. you can download a demo and play. So and this to, is be, an to be fair, though, that Doom did do a demo, so that's one mm-hmm. path Bethesda yep. took. So well, if they continue to do that, argument. sure. This is an argument here that I wanted to to throw into the well because a lot of people have been mentioning it. And this is something that, if you remember, I got so pissed off about. Like, I flipped my fucking shit. So, Mm. if you remember with the release of Fight 4, there were so many spoilers. And I think predominantly it's because of people breaking street date. But there were so many spoilers for that game leading into the weeks of release. And so much so that people on 4chan and stuff were, were going onto YouTube and were intentionally spoiling the plot and the story for other people. Um And, you know, I got pissed off at that. Everyone got pissed off at that. Luckily, I played the game, so I was actually filtering out those comments. But bearing in mind those concerns, again, showing both sides of the argument here, what if I was to say that the reason, uh, part of the reason, at least, why Bethesda is doing this is to try and curb that, you know, spoiling culture and to try and stop that games being spoiled before release. What, what would you think of that? Well, it's going to be 
Well, I mean, a lot of these titles only have six reviewers, um, the six major websites. Mm-hmm. So uh, that it doesn't make any sense logistically, at least for the last two years, everything I've seen, if, if you're going to spoil it, it would be most likely somebody like a Let's Player. There's a couple big Let's Players out of Brazil that uh, get the games two weeks early, Saudi Arabia. Um, also including, you know, like YouTubers and streamers and stuff that would just stream a game and, and you know, YouTubers that would upload videos that are spoilery. Yeah, those um, aren't, yeah, those aren't review copies almost ever because okay. if they, or if they were, if they were, they'll never get a review copy again. That is for sure. I've actually been dinged for a one second, uh, like mess up in one of my videos because I let something out that I wasn't supposed to. So I don't know. I mean, I've never even heard, I, like, I'm trying to even think how that would be how somebody would think that, you know, an IGN with an ethics list and a, and a polygon where they're held accountable for those things well, uh, well, look, is better let's, than let's remember, all these um, let, Let's remember that with Kotaku, they essentially spoiled the start of the game by leaking that script, Correct. if you remember that. So, yeah. you know, it, there are instances, and I'm not saying it's common, yeah. I'm, I'm just bringing up the argument sure. that... There, there could be this worry of, of the games getting spoiled so many weeks before that would just ruin the potential great experience, um, you know, for many players. So that's that could be a reason why Bethesda's withholding copies until a day before release. Until that Kotaku's, stage, there's, there's a less of a damage that could be caused. Kotaku's was a retail that they got, though. Yeah, I have. Yeah. But, you know, so, it, I guess it's just the general fear that, you know, some consumers are saying, well, maybe this is why Bethesda is doing it. Yeah, I, I, have, I have two arguments i think go against that though which is number one that this was definitely a decision made in a short span of time from what i can tell at least the reason i say that is number one that if bethesda felt that way they wouldn't have had consumers normal gamers and i'm not talking from a elevator perspective when i say that but normal gamers who just you know who aren't reviewers or whatever not saying we're on a higher level than you but they would be the ones testing the beta of fallout force dlc that was how I got early access to all the DLCs because someone said, hey, I got a beta code for this system. I don't even have the system. Here you go. And I was very grateful for that. But that's number one. People were leaking the DLC left and right because you put it in the hands of people you don't know, people who don't – are like they, they really – I mean, yeah, they signed an NDA, but they don't care. Not not in a bad way, but yeah, they're not going to care. It's not their job. They have nothing to lose, and they, they see themselves doing a service by letting people know that information early. And I think that's mm. – Number one, that's why I think it's a short-term decision. Number two is because they're using Doom to justify why they made the decision. It sold well. It it was a commercial hit and a critical hit despite us giving out late copies. Well, well, well again, showing yeah. the other side, I, I think the reason why they brought up Doom was because a lot of people had skepticism about the quality mm-hmm. of Doom as a game and whether it was good or bad because Bethesda was re- uh, withholding yeah. review copies until a day before release. And, and that kind of, uh, I guess, fear happens with any game that is withholding review copies until an, a day or the day of release is because the yeah. publishers may be worried about the quality of the game. They don't want you know negative reviews to be out there. But I, I guess what Bethesda, I think, was trying to do there was trying to say, we weren't withholding review copies for Doom because we thought it was a bad game. Yeah, but here's the thing is that there were stories from Bethesda interviews suggesting that they weren't that confident in the product itself because they rehash the game number one but that you know the game ended up being fantastic so forget that part what is more important is that they didn't really know what would sell doom they thought it would be the multiplayer which ended up being the weakest component of the game and there were a bunch of stories 
yeah, with interviews, I think it was Pete Hines who said, we were shocked that the single player was what sold yeah. the game. So they didn't even know what was strong within their own product. To say that, yeah, we held back review copies, and then all of a sudden it sold well, reviewed well. To me, that sounds like, yeah, they had a great game on their hands. Absolutely. It Tech is very talented. But I'm saying that that sounded like a stroke of luck to me, and now they're running with that stroke of luck. You know, because those are two reasons why I feel this was a, sh- a decision made kind of quick. Because you have them reviewing DLC, or not reviewing, testing DLC for bugs, expecting people to not leak them. Come on. And then you have them not being able to identify the game that they're using as an example in this article as justification where they didn't even know what the strong suit really was. So I look at that and I think how much justification is really here. Also, it's confusing that they they didn't really do a great job explaining the system itself because you have Skyrim, which I got two weeks early along with a bunch of other YouTubers, but they just said, oh, there's no review copy. So now... I think what happened is that Bethesda didn't clarify that they have a two separate categories. We have gameplay promotion yeah. and you have reviews. Now, well, well like Carrick said, mm-hmm. like the influencer side of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and an I don't, influencer copy, let's call it. Yeah, I won't disclose who, but when I was talking with Bethesda and I got the game early, I was like, okay, when's NDA lift? Oh, Friday. Okay, cool. I'll have my review out then. They said, no, don't do a review yet. Wait for the launch. I was like, all right, that's fine because for me, it's. I'm used to that type of stuff. Usually it's a day or two before launch. Some companies do it way earlier. But I was like, all right, they're they're doing what most games do. I didn't know about the policy until then, but it seems like they've had this ready to go for a while. But they gave it to me for gameplay promotional purposes. So that's why I, when so, the NDA lifted, I or the uh, embargo lifted, rather, I posted 30-plus minutes of special edition gameplay instead of a review, which I held back until midnight when the game launched, which actually right, I was so wrong I'd, about. I'd like to get... Carrick's thought on this, and and again, I'll, I'll show another side of the argument here. So, as you mentioned, there's kind of that. There seems to be this split dynamic between review code and influencer code. Let's say, what what if I was to say that what Bethesda do, is doing by sending out uh, influencers and YouTubers and streamers the codes earlier than even review codes is because it's ne- that's forming part of their advertising, and it's just another route where they can advertise their game. They re- those influencers aren't necessarily reviewing the game, although at the same time they technically are. But what if I was to say that that's what that is? It- it's, you know, people that are reviewing the game are still getting the game at the exact same time, but the people that are getting it earlier, such as YouTubers, are simply becoming now part of the advertising uh, campaign. Well, I've always said, for, not to interrupt you, Carrick, but I, I just have to chime in. I've I've said this for a while that it's a cheaper way to advertise your fucking game is to give it to YouTubers because you're giving them a sixty dollar copy and they have the outreach of thousands upon thousands of people, whereas you're going to pay hundreds of thousands to get a commercial on TV or on YouTube. Who knows? But sorry, I just had to toss it out there. Yeah. No, that's sorry. a that's a good point. The reason why I was quiet for so long is because I I I want to apologize to you guys. I'm the visitor, but I monopolized the starting. So I was sort of because I get I get talk whenever you want. This is why I created my channel. So it sort of pissed me off. But uh, so I would say this. If it's part of their PR, then they failed spectacularly because they also changed the review timing. Those two can be in the same. They can coincide. You can still give your your platform people the ability to play your title and still do reviews. We know that because we've actually seen it. So if Bethesda were to say that, I think they'd be openly flayed. that is that would be that would be even worse if they said it's all just because we've changed to a slightly different advertising because you wouldn't need to adjust your review time at all. Mm. Um, so that that would be that would be very harsh. 
when it comes down to the situation and what Maddie was saying and how his his Skyrim thing, which I the reason why my eyes were so big because I had not heard I didn't him. See. He, he didn't he, like we don't talk about that kind of stuff because he doesn't want to get in trouble either do I but he he hadn't mentioned that he was told no you know which is it, I think we are seeing that Bethesda did do it short uh, in, quite quickly because he, normally he would have very distinct rules uh, yeah, which there he's were, seen there and, seen, and there weren't which is I just got a, a game I'm not going to say what game two days ago and it was like here's the game blah 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 and I was all whoa 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 whoa, whoa wait wait what like what do I do and they were all oh. And then they gave me this huge list and I'm like, you know, what can I do? What can, like you guys don't seem like you're really together. And they said, well, we're making a change too because of Bethesda. So they're not the only, Bethesda is not the only Here's one. Here's my um, question is what the fuck is the point of the change? I don't get that. What does this change accomplish for everyone? Is it just a withhold copies to get as many like day one purchasers who, who don't know that much about the game? It's not even guys like, okay. Because my issue is that. Now you're I mean, you're saying that the game developer or publisher rather publisher who yeah. who wants the game to sell is the marketer. They are going to show you the bright spots. They are going to show you all the fancy trailers and stuff. They are going to sell you what is good about the game. Whereas you have the media, the YouTubers, the Twitch streamers and stuff, which they said they're going to help out. Um, I'm not talking about Bethesda specifically here because they did say they'll help out with pre-launch coverage. But let's say there's not that many hands-on, which Fallout 4 didn't have no hands-on before launch whatsoever. So you have a game that. No one is touched, and Bethesda is the primary marketer for it. And then they're just selling you what they want to see. And once you have the game, they've made their money. So yeah, I, I, in all honesty, I mean, could go thing, a lot of ways. It's just, it's just sad because I don't. I'm not trying to be overly negative here, but none of these companies care about you in in particular, and they certainly don't care about if if like I'm mad about it, or if Maddie's mad about it, or if we yeah. love it. Um, it is about money, and that's and that's fine. It sort of goes back to what I said. One of the one of the people on the con uh, in the comments had said where the the idea of making games to make money has has replaced making a game and making money. Like it, it's replaced, and so you know, I think when we're looking at a situation like this, um, they one of the things they are betting on, and so and so, <laughs> okay, hang on, let me make sure I do not say anything that breaks. What I was told. Okay, <laughs> so a ex, an ex publisher, an ex, an ex publishing employee. Okay, they worked for one of the big six companies. One you of made the that things by press or game dev by game. by game publishers. Game publishers they worked at a game publisher. Okay. Yeah, and um, their exact words. They're no longer in the industry. I think I can say that without giving up the information. Uh, their exact words was this and i told maddie this almost six months ago i think in one of our uh, twitters um their hope the hope in many in the industry is to call into question as openly and as often as possible any kind of review on a title and there have been multiple discussions and multiple sort of trying to figure out how to do that but the idea is to call into question final verdicts on titles so that there is a gulf of knowledge and it's not labeled as a golf of knowledge inside boardrooms but it's sort of like the 1980s movies where they're like you know what idiocracy that kind of thing where it's like let's get them excited and put an x in front of extreme and we'll get them excited about it and we'll get them to buy it and they won't know it's the same type of mountain dew they've always been buying 
And uh, one of the reasons why they left the industry was because of this and the idea that over time, very quickly, there was going to be a pretty substantial shift towards a more... uh, Towards the consumer basically being ultimately 100% responsible without any feedback loops. And I think that we're seeing that right now. And if you guys don't believe me, I talked about it six months ago on a podcast. So, I mean, this this rumor had, had already been around back then, which is that that was the hope by many publishing groups. How do you do that? How do you, how do you get people excited but not critical? And how you do that mm. is with specific NDAs and Twitch and Quick Looks. Oh, by the way, do you, <laughs> you want to hear something nefarious? Quick looks are considered incredibly positive because they do not get you far enough into the game to see problems. And yep. if you are like playing Mafia, you may go, man, this quick look, this game looks amazing. And yep. guess what? Four, four hours later, you're going, hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was nefarious. When when and that was two different people where like quick looks have become incredibly popular amongst like the publisher push because that allows them to to get hype without seeing any of the issues that may occur later on. And front-loading of games has already happened. I don't know if you guys know that, but we can already see that. Front-loading yeah. of content in games for the first four to six hours. I talked about this on, on Maddie's podcast a couple months ago where they did a test to see who had finished the games, and it was like less than 2% of people had done so. So if you're only experiencing a truncated version, then you only do PR and advertisement for the truncated version, which is the smaller amount of the gameplay. And you make it look awesome. And you have your sale. Yeah, and it also leads to discussions where you'll have someone, like you said, putting the the question mark over the review, the final verdict, is that you'll have that review come out around the same time as all the consumers are playing it. And if it's front-loaded, they're going to come in and see your video. Let's say you beat it, you know, you powered through it, whatever. And you're like, this game's eh, it's not that good. You know, it starts strong. It's like a Mafia 3. It starts strong, but it tapers off, becomes a little repetitive. Then you have the people who who are just playing, um, for lack of better words, casually. They're not reviewing it, so they don't, they can play at their own pace. And so they're like, I've only played four hours. This is fucking amazing. I don't know how the fuck he got repetitive from this. That's impossible. And so they hop in. And, Carrick, I know you've seen these comments before. Lone, you definitely have with your reviews. And I certainly have that. I've only played about five hours, and I'm not sure what you're talking about because this game's amazing. I like this, this, and that. And, and it leads to those types of discussions where then – You'll see the thread of a bunch of people going, yeah, I don't know where Maddie got this from because I played it. And and so I think that's another part of it is that when you have the critics and the consumers playing at the same time, you don't put the consumer in question at that. Or rather, if the if I'm the only one along with a bunch of other people who played a certain title, reviewed it, and our reviews are out a couple of days before launch, they can only question us. Whereas the consumer... Um, how do I fucking word this? No, I, I think what you're saying is basically if they're you're adjusting us to consumers. And so yeah. suddenly there's no ability for you to say, well, get 20 hours in and email me back, which is what I always mm. post on whenever anybody says five hours in and I love it. I'm like, okay, 15 hours in, email me back, tell me what you think. And a lot of times people say, yeah, okay, about yeah. 10 hours in, I see what you mean. So what you're saying is uh, th- th- there's an evening there and there isn't there isn't a there isn't another vision at the game. Everybody's looking at it the same way at the same time, which is exactly the opposite of a review, which is where some people have looked at it prior and said, here's the completion of the review. Remember again, like you said, I I complicated, but it just, it brings into question the final verdict. 
It does. It brings and it and it's um we know this well, some people know this for a fact that that's that's that is unfortunately what a lot of people would like is um and let's be honest, if people think this is some kind of Illuminati conspiracy, it's not. It's it's quite literally the advertising and PR in every um industry. industry. It's just that no one in other industries removes a re- entire like review system like this. Like they they might have a game or or a song that they or or a, I'm sorry a, a a track that they don't release because they're it's questionable but they don't just say ba 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 we're not doing anything anymore you know yeah you Whatever. said you've you've taken part in the movie industry for example so yeah. you should probably yeah. toss that out there because that was I think loan that was probably going to be one of your points right is the difference yeah. between like movies and games because I I came out and said like you don't really see this happening with movies a lot of people said like well Suicide Squad uh. I, we should have explained this in the beginning because a lot of people are getting embargoes and NDAs mixed up. Some guy was right. like, yeah. some guy was like, oh, dude, Suicide Squad is a, you know, that was a, they blocked off something for that and there weren't reviews for that. And I, I said, no, but there were early screenings multiple days or days before the launch of the movie. And then mm. reviews popped up, I think, around the same time as launch time, which is fair. That's common for games, but that was not a completely blocked experience where games are much longer than movies where you can yeah. experience a movie day of and get your review out day of because you have time to watch yeah, a two-hour experience, digest that, and then have your thoughts later that night or the next day. With mm-hmm. games, you can play for days and days and days and really not scratch the surface. So that's the big difference. That's why these advanced titles are, are so important. Uh, not just for myself personally, if I don't get one, whatever, but because I'm, you know, sometimes I get them, sometimes I don't. It's just important for the consumer because they're informed at that point. Yeah. yeah. And like, I, I guess I responded to your tweet because I, I wasn't exactly sure um, because I have no idea about the movie industry. So pardon my ignorance here because I, I wasn't sure how often movies were, you know, withheld from early screenings or advanced screenings. Um, because you know they were worried about the quality of a movie, and, and as I soon found out, that that's probably the you know the the small minority of, of cases where movies are actually withheld. Yeah, does, I should have clarified it does happen. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I don't think just it's like games. Um, games. So, so what if I was to say this that you know the, the comparison between movies and games is made more often than it should be. Um, you know, games are compared to movies because they're an entertainment medium, but that's only the really thing that they have in common. So just because movies have advanced screenings, you know, shouldn't really reflect um, on the decision of a company like Bethesda to withhold copies to, you know, a, a day before release. And at the end of the day, again, I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, um, <laughs> they're still giving advanced copies to, to reviewers. It's just a day before, and it's the responsibility of a reviewer to do a thorough job at reviewing. And not trying to get views releasing a day of, and it, and this decision only really affects consumers that pre-order or want to purchase in, maybe in the first week of a game. I think they bring the association between themselves because movies will make movies about games, Assassin's Creed, but games will also take inspiration from movies, and you'll have movie tying games where I think because of that approach, where they are uh, synonymous at times that. You'll you'll see that comparison drawn in other mediums because of that because yeah. they are associated with one another at times. Well, because they're both entertainment. Yeah, mediums, but you know you'll see it in, in various areas though. It's not just like I get entertainment out of a game and I get entertainment out of a movie. So let's look at 
the similarities on how they handle review processes. I think it's because they associate each other with themselves at times to increase sales for one another, like Star Wars Battlefront with Episode Seven. Star Wars Battlefront sold 15 million copies, I think, even though they, they said that it didn't have legs, as in not a lot of people stayed for the long run. It still sold a bunch, probably due to the hype of Episode Seven. They were like, fuck yeah, Star Wars is back. Fuck yeah, Battlefront's back. And boom, you got a bunch of sold copies there. So I think that's part of the reason there's an association between the two. You know, do you know what makes me sad? That we have to ask. I, mm. I hate I hate any conversation or argument where you're calling out reasons because the initial problem has caused so many problems. It's like mm. it, it, it's now it's like well what about this? Should we not talk about this? Okay, can we not add this? Can we add this? It it's like oh my god! It's it's something that is if you ignore entertainment. I know people who test Sears wrenches for Christ's sakes prior to them going out. So. Every fucking item. No, I do. Like at some point, it becomes it's funny, but it's also inherently sad. Yeah. Because th- this is a situation where, like other industries, I remember when I was talking to the producer, I told you guys about. He literally laughed at it. He was like, "That is just it's embarrassing." Like, and that's somebody who's not in games. He's like, "That's and I mean a music producer, by the way." He was he was just laughing at it, going like, "Man, some of this shit's embarrassing." Like, what are you guys doing? Like, how does that even happen? Like, how does it happen? And then when you when you start to talk about it, it starts getting dumber and dumber. Like mm-hmm. it's like now we're we're seven degrees of Kevin Bacon reasons why this is like. And and by the way, I'm not dissing on our conversation. I'm saying it's just sort of sad because I know people are going to be pissed at some of the stuff I said. But it, even when I say it's just because I want consumers, all consumers, p- gamers love to be insular and they like to pretend that they're the only consumer that matters. I'm talking about all consumers. So if somebody says they don't wait, as I told Maddie. You're out of the conversation. Great, no problem. You 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 pick you pick how to buy games on your own. But some people do yeah. use reviews, and yeah, that's the main I argument. Though they're like, oh, I I do research myself. This doesn't impact me. It impacts but others. That's, it it does because the money goes into the same pot. Uh, additionally, you know, the first day, it, it's every everything else has reviews, and they did remove it. I mean, that in the end, that's what happened, and it, it sucks. Like, I just, at some point, you just have to sit back and be like, there's no argument for it. There's only ways in which to soften the blow. And as I stated, 20 fucking plus years in the business, I can tell you right now, if I walked into a boardroom, my boss's office, and I talked like this, they would say the initial problem lies with what you removed. I mean, anybody in business would look at that and say, no, no, no. You need, and by the way, one of them was education for eight years, where it looked at like education programs for students and teachers and uh, course audits and all that kind of stuff. If we had this kind of situation where we were having this kind of discussion, they would all continue to go, Well, what's the source of the problem? Like, Mm. why are we talking about all the, and I would say the source of the problem, they'd be like, Whoa, wait, well, that doesn't, that doesn't, that literally makes no sense. And the source of the problem would be what was rectified, Mm. not all of these soft bullshit rules around it. And, the the fact is is we've lost. That's so like I'm depressed because I know I've lost. Yeah. Like they they've done it, right? They're not going to magically reverse it. I mean, uh, unless a Twitter campaign started up. Um mm. a DRM for the Xbox 1 is the only one I can think of where a Twitter campaign effectively reversed it. I just don't um, think that'll happen. I, I want to bring up an argument here, again, not because I believe in it, but I, I feel like we need to nip this in the bud right now. A lot of people are saying, from comments that I'm reading, 
that the only people that really care about the decision um, are greedy YouTubers that want the game for free and want it early. And I just want to quickly put as a side note, we, we can't live off getting free video games for fuck's sake. But yeah. I just want to yeah. say that, you know, you know, what's what what's wrong with this? You know, it's greedy YouTubers. They want the game early. They want the game for free. So 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 what's wrong wrong with Bethesda withholding it to a day before? Here, it? I'll I'll be really honest about one part. It's great getting early yeah. games, and it's great getting them free. But here's the thing: I fucking buy them anyway. So <laughs> getting them for free doesn't matter to me because I am grateful as fuck either way. But most of the time, I am buying it. So. Yeah. That doesn't make a difference to me. Yeah, I, I buy get every the perspective. Title, so um, yeah, yeah. I, I get I'm... the perspective that it looks like, and <sighs> that's why I mentioned this earlier in the podcast when it first started. Yeah. It was like we're not arguing for ourselves. You know, we get our games our own ways because it's not only a passion, but it is also part of the job. So we find a way to get games regardless if they're free or not. We'll mm. pay, and, and I'm sure, Carrick. I, I don't know if you, for your retail stores, have you had to pay extra? Yeah, so for us, I'm going to have to uh, find a retail source. What? By the way, oh, dude. Yeah, they hike it's it up. Not, it's not a little extra. Um, it, <laughs> I've heard, I've heard like, I remember my friend wanted Call of Duty early, and he, he had to pay 300 it, I, think, I, think I, would not, I would not doubt in any way, shape, or form that uh, some of the channels, especially some of the YouTuber channels, I'm not going to say who, but there's a couple that are well-known, and they are always playing games early, and they're breaking NDA constantly, uh, but they're huge channels. And I can guarantee you that there are multiple thousands, thousands, by the way, of dollars changing hands for a single title. Without mm-hmm. any shadow of a doubt, uh, yeah. it, it is absolutely... Um, and, and the thing is, we know, like I said, we know these companies will continue to do this kind of stuff as well. I think when you treat... You know, I think Bethesda wants to say a certain thing about reviewers. I think those reviewers at some point, but and, and we've seen Polygon do this, they're just going to treat them back. And that's that bothers me more than anything. I don't necessarily think a Polygon should say, I'm going to go find a retail source or a Kotaku. Who does? And they've stated it right in their reviews that we had to go get a... I don't think that's awesome. I think, and myself included, I don't really necessarily think that's awesome. Like... To me, it's another soft fix for a problem that inherently any other normal organization would look at and be like, no, 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 wait, no, no, no. If, and you know what I think? If people have a problem with reviewers, like somebody has a problem with uh, IGN, I told this to Maddie, I think it would be awesome if they rotated reviewers. Great. If you have a problem with IGN, that's awesome because the next game Bethesda releases, they're picking 10 random YouTubers and giving them the game. Like, I would have no problem with that. I like. Just, yeah, I, I think in terms of reviewers. Uh, that'd be I, great. I, I always, you know, recommend to people never, 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 unless you really trust them. But even in that case, never just follow the the opinion or thoughts of one, one. reviewer. Yep, always exactly. look at a consolidated view because that way you're going to get people on either side of the extremes. Get people that just hate the game, people that really like the game, and everyone in between. That's yeah. the only, really, the only way that you're going to get a sense of, you know, the the quality of a game. And this is kind of a reason why I simply don't like review scores in general because boiling down a game to a review scores kind of pointless it doesn't represent anything there's no scale or guide to you know i guess guide that decision the as carrick mentioned before when a reviewer maddie and carrick say oh there's this bug but they give a different review scores the important thing is not the review scores is the fact that they mentioned that there was a bug and in in terms yeah so in terms of reviews look at a number of different sources look at actually what they're saying but this is the last devil's advocate point that i'm going to mention here um 
what if I was to say that this is Bethesda doing a business decision and it's their right and, and they're doing it to make money and if you were in their position, you would have done the exact same thing. What would you say about that? I'd agree. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 the, the agreement of a business decision isn't the same. There's a reason why there's business ethics. So yeah. um, there, uh, there's entire colleges based around it. Um, it, it. Like this is calls into question, you know, good, good and bad. But the fact is, if there was no reviews in the past and they didn't start them, I would feel different than now the fact that there are reviews and they're stopping them. There's a huge difference. Um, but I would totally agree. Because uh, I don't think anybody thinks it's a bad business. Like, it's a great business decision. David Martinez from Raw Fury Games did an entire Twitch yesterday about this. And he was like, it's one of the worst decisions morally and ethically he had ever seen in the games industry. But financially, hmm. it's balls on. Yep, exactly. It's I a, would agree. It's a, yeah, it's a good business decision. We've And that's this isn't the first we've seen of that in the games industry where there has been a questionable consumer decision that is absolutely a good Financial decision, a good example of that is what Konami's done. They are making a lot of money despite the fact that they can Kojima and they are really not doing Metal Gear aside from uh, that new Metal <laughs> yeah. Gear game they're doing. People are like, oh, they're doing, yeah, they're doing, oh, they're doing fucking pachinko machines. Fuck them. They're going to go bankrupt. They're making tons of money. Yeah, DLCs, microtransactions. Those are all business decisions that mm-hmm. might not be the best for the gamer. Yeah, but I, they're making the thing, guys, a lot of money. We don't want that, though. Like, I can say it's a good business decision, but like, all of us on this podcast that that I mean, it's bad for the industry. That's what like as in morally, ethically and for the customer. So it can be it's almost like is stealing OK for you financially? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just all fucking steal. Like just that's awesome. Uh, I mean, if, if somebody said that to me, that's the answer I would give. Is I'd be like, dude, that's fucking great. I'm going to steal from everybody because it's a good business decision. But at the same time. Um, and I, and I want to apologize anybody who gets this far and thinks I'm being an asshole or something like that. You're absolutely right. I I certainly am when it comes to, uh, making sure that consumers have as much information as possible. And so I apologize if people feel like I've belittled a stance. Uh, I absolutely have, and that's on purpose, but it doesn't mean I'm belittling you. I'm just, Mm -hmm. I I just have an, an issue and, and it comes across really strong, but yeah. I uh, no, I'm I, I I'm the same it, way though. I, it kills my soul just a little bit um, to hear this. So yeah, no, I'm and, and I'm definitely the same. That I, uh, you know, I, I got very into it. So yeah, if I if anyone out there who's listened this far, you've probably left your comment left by now. But if you have listened this far, <laughs> number number one, kudos to you. Yeah, <laughs> but, but number two is that uh for anyone who has listened this far yeah i i'm not as carrick said belittling anyone um whether you're just a casual gamer or you, you review games in your spare time or this doesn't affect you at all and you're just listening for fun not belittling you we just want to talk about how this impacts the consumer how this impacts bethesda how this impacts the industry so hopefully yeah, we've, toss we've that one tried to be as fair as possible and cover both sides of the argument mm-hmm so. You know what? Oh. I have a question for you guys. Can you can now both of you? So we're done with the devil's advocate, and I don't yeah. mean I want you to agree with me. By the way, this is just a, a question. Um, <clears throat> do you think this is a situation that deserves even being talked about fairly? And and what I mean by fair is the typical PC version of here's a wizard and here's a Democrat uh, yeah. on the same panel. Do we think is this a situation that deserves? Like some kind of, I mean, and and 
let's ignore what Twitter. I'm sure people are going to get mad because I'm even asking this. But like, I'm having a very. I'll just say this: I'm having a crisis of conscience, uh, which I normally don't have. And my crisis is I can't see that there's a reason to be fair about this because there is no fair return to the consumer. Regardless, if you don't care about reviews, the fairness has not been returned to us. Why? Why? Do we have to be fair about it in our version of fair, I guess? Do you guys – am I completely the only one who believes that and just is like – Well, now you mention it, you make a good point. I I never thought of it that way. I think it's because you have the argument being put up is usually like the entitlement one. Bethesda's a business. They're going to do what they want. Uh, So what? Oh, it doesn't affect me. You know, those types of ones. Where it just kind of wears down a little bit to, okay, I have to level the playing field. Let's, you know, here's my perspective. Here's the other perspective. Let's counter each other. Let's talk about that. Uh, And I think that's how a lot of game discussions either evolve or devolve, where you really have a point that shouldn't have to be um, defended or or discussed fairly because it's very clear it's one-sided. But you yeah. do so anyway to cater to the either silent or the vocal minority or possible majority who has said that perhaps maybe you didn't think of this. Like I said, you know, one of the sure. first things okay. I got was, hey, dude, you know, you're entitled to games and you're egotistical. I was just like, come on, <laughs> come on. Don't fucking try that. Like, well, f- for me, that. it's it's a little different for me because I come from a legal background and a law background. So I'm I'm mentally wired to think on both sides of the argument. The fact is, is that out of law school, I could have gone and defended a, a murderer or prosecuted a murderer. And I, I need to think about both sides of the argument. Otherwise, I just lose my shit like internally. So that's the way I, I've been brought up. That's the way I, I, I've studied at law school. I need to be able to think critically about both sides of the argument because that's the only way that you can combat those other arguments. Mm. So that's just that that's the kind of the internal approach that I've been taking. And also as well, I think uh, a lot of our viewers do appreciate that we do try and be as fair and cordial as possible. But, you know, I, I, I made that's my thing on YouTube as, is that if you're not fair, if you're not stating both sides of the argument, then you show possible bias, you show closed-mindedness, you show weakness. Like, I mean, you'll just get ripped for it. So it's better just to, even if it's not necessary, which I've had discussions on my channel where I've thought to myself before the recording, I don't fucking need to state this one side of the argument because my personal belief is this is fucking dumb. But Mm. I'll still mention it and still rationally discuss that part because, quite honestly, I think that's how you have a a fair discussion where even if it shouldn't be fair, I think the fair part is acknowledging both sides of the case, like you mentioned. Mm. Yeah, you know, as I mentioned at the start, when I had Fallout 4 several weeks early, it, it helped me make a, a better review. Mm-hmm. And um, it, again, even though there is the argument that, well, reviewers should just wait, the the, the fact is is that, you know, it, it helped me, so I'd be hypocritical to say, well, a, a day, you know, is is, is fine. Like, I, I would have preferred a week or something, but in any event. Yeah, I mean, same here. Getting Skyrim as a most recent example two weeks early, um, and I didn't get Skyrim two weeks early. So there we go. Someone actually the when I posted a level, yeah, when I posted a picture on Instagram, he's like, "Are you gonna tell Lone?" I was like, "I, I think he already <laughs> knew," but <laughs> yeah, I um, you know, for that, I mean, it definitely makes time where I can 
when okay for example when it was like with me with fallout 4 and it got sprung on me and i had to play and beat the game in a weekend a big game like fallout 4 in a weekend compared to skyrim a arguably bigger game which i had two weeks to toy around with and you know oh i got something to do today all right i'll do that today because i have two weeks it makes a big difference i'm not asking for two weeks before launch with any game i review because i'll admit that having a game sprung on you is like the worst feeling it's just that yeah like you said i'd be hypocritical to say that does not make a difference because it does having that time to review a game is important but i think what's more important than the initial review itself is actually the digestion process is what i call it for gaming is when you beat it you'll walk away being like wow and then yeah, let, let your thoughts marinate yeah and then you you think about it for a little bit you wake up the next day and you think all right how did that age and you know you think about it the next day how was that you know and, and so and, and to be I honest i mean and it's too. not just that what you said maddie i mean it's it's for example me six months later after my fallout 4 review watching mm. it and thinking what the fuck was i thinking <laughs> that was stupid loan you know <laughs> so, what's you weird know, guilty as charged <laughs> it's it's yeah. crazy because it's crazy because now getting an idea of how you guys work versus me um i don't believe in marination at all uh, okay. I think it's I, I and so I have never looked back on a review and said I like what was I thinking but that's because and and again Maddie and I are different people obviously and have different like should uh should this conversation be fair if it was on my channel I'd be like if somebody wants to talk fair sure but we wouldn't go out of our way to make sure like if we all believed it was a bad idea I would go find somebody who thought you know uh, you know lighting people on fire was a good idea like I'd be like and that's hyperbole on purpose yeah. um so it's weird to hear that. It's weird to hear that you guys, and not weird in a bad way. It's very cool to hear that you guys have that marin uh, like, that like marinated. Because I think I've told Matt what I do when I play is I make mental note, if not on a paper, jokes, goofy things that I'm thinking, and then I quite literally hit record when I'm done with the game. Like I literally go walk over to my audio and go, "Sup everybody, this is Carrick with ACG, and welcome to yeah. another." And I just and so to see that difference. Hmm. is really interesting, interesting to me is really and i think that is- that's why it's fun when we get on the same i think that's why it's fun when we're like talking about kotor or something because like we may both like it for different reasons but i'm more of like i do it one way you do it another and mm-hmm. it's cool to see like and, how and we the thing think- is it, it's important to, ha- to have both of those yeah, sides right, right? it's right, important right, yeah. to be able that's to why hear I said thoughts I like it. yeah it's important to be able to hear thoughts uh, about a game instantly after you finish it because at the end of the day that's when the feelings about the game in your head are, are most intense i mean well, to give an I example question myself i guess maybe yeah well to give an example and uh, i love mentioning this game but <laughs> I'll, I'll i'll mention at the end of um bioshock infinite for do example it. Do it. <laughs> i'll do it right i do it but, like my, my I, like, I was i was like shaking at the end of it like uh, i was so emotion filled because of the story mm-hmm. about that game but I, I thought that if I was to, I, if I, I didn't do reviews back then, but if I was to have done a review, as soon as I finished that game, I would have been like, wow, you know, I, I feel so moved, this is so emotional. But it, to try and be a bit more critical of the game in areas where it probably should have been a bit, bit more critical, I mm-hmm. think it would have made sense for me to have waited a couple of days or so to think, all right, now what do I think about the game? Oh, you're right. You know, there, there were glitches about that. Oh, you're right. There was this one boss which was the ghost lady that was yeah. kind of crappy. That's so, you know that's what I mean? The thing with reviewing games, though, is that a lot of people forget, and this is one good thing that will come out of Bethesda's policy, I will say, is that you won't have a Fallout 4 again. And by that, I mean you will not have a game that is critically, incredibly well-received because in the condensed environment, I will never forget it, how fucking good 
Fallout 4 was. I fucking love the game. I still love the game, but I'm saying, at that point, I was, like I said, like I said in a review title that you guys joke about, near perfect. I was like, this is fucking amazing. Yeah. Game comes out, it's out for a month. Public gets their hands on it. It got exposed hard for its flaws that were not, in it, that, that betrayed the very series it is named after. You know, very little role-playing, very little choice consequence. And that's stuff that you can't see in a 200-hour game in a review period of time. Which now, with Bethesda's review policy, I will say that that will be something that I think will improve. Because all these giant 200-hour RPGs, you don't know who's reviewing the game. You don't know... I mean, Carrick's probably the only guy I can consistently go to and be reviewing a game and say, like, hey, what do you think about this, this, or that? And bounce off some ideas before launch Mm -hmm. to kind of talk some things out. But... That's about as far as it goes, where it's different where you have a game like Fallout 4, 20 million copies sold, where it's going to get exposed like that. So that's one thing I, I do want to say in defense of Bethesda's review policy is that it'll definitely benefit them. Counterpoint. That, or benefit the consumer to some well, degree. Let, let's put another counterpoint here. Um, what, I have one real quick. They're, sure, they're, they're all going to do I, – I don't see that happening because they're all – they already prior to this have been doing retail – copies i don't see true there's nothing changing Fuck. i i know Fuck. what you I, you're right no you're I didn't right mean to, yeah i didn't mean to let you like go on but they no you're uh, totally like, right though every website so far has said they for sure have have done prior have done retail uh versions so like i what you want is an awesome future right like i like what you want is this awesome thing but i also have to say this i don't know if your review is better or worse just because you didn't um, critique it and destroy it after millions of man hours looked at it. Because here's the thing. A mm. game has to a game has to sit up against 65 reviewers, right? One game. Pretty crazy. But now you consider that each reviewer takes in their history of multiple games, let's say 100 different games it's being judged against. So now you have 6,500 games in which Fallout 4, and this is not an exaggeration, this is something you can easily study and understand, 6,500 games are being compared to one. I'm not 100% sure I would expect Maddie to figure out every single thing the industry's consumers would figure out. Mm-hmm. What I'm looking at Maddie's review to show me is whatever Maddie has shown in the past as being his strong points for pointing out in reviews. Good so point. that's a fantastic point. Yeah, True. so I, like I'm very nervous I'm I'm very nervous people will God damn, like no developer would want to make a game. <laughs> like imagine yeah. imagine being a developer and being like, oh shit, 65,000 fucking games are being reviewed <laughs> against our one. And you're, it, instead, I think I watch Maddie's because Matt looks at things differently. And so I think that's a strength, not uh, something I want to go away. Yeah. You know, and, and that's yeah, and for me, that was, that was just more a selfish discussion bit, I guess, about the consumer and reviewer kind of going at the same pace you know, but, just to... but that is a good point though and, and it touches back on the the thing that i mentioned before about watching different reviewers i mean when i go to total biscuit like total biscuit for example his i guess i don't want to say agenda it's a very poor term but his channel is about you know defending the consumer trying to point out you know technical issues with games etc when you go to total biscuit you know that's what you're getting and right. you might not get a discussion about story you know, um, with Total Biscuit, as you might with other YouTubers that, or other reviewers that put more of an emphasis on story or or like story a little bit more than gameplay, for example. Mm-hmm. So again, you know, listening and watching different reviewers is the only, really the only way you're going to get a sense of the entirety of the game. Yeah, 
But if you if you found a reviewer that has the same interests as you, the same likes as you, that views games in a similar way to you do, then that's probably the reviewer that you want to watch the most. Because if they say a game is good and they liked it, chances are you'll like it and you'll think that game is good. But Total Biscuit might have another a differing opinion to you. So it, reviews are a tricky process. They are. Yeah. They it's are. it's it's um it's cool too because like um I know a lot of people. I'm gonna be just really honest here i would say one of my major video successes was technomancer which um isn't a great game but it's an okay game and yeah. uh total biscuit was too busy looking at like bugs and stuff and so he didn't yeah. understand <laughs> the, he didn't understand the comment and i got flooded with subscribers people were like holy shit you did the comment i'm like well i was reviewing the game and one person had stated that you know i think one problem that some reviewers can get into including myself it's something i'm always watching for yeah. is you don't want to be you don't want you might be known for something but you don't want to be known, known for, something. for something because yeah, exactly. that can cause you to focus just a little bit and it's you know we hear it believe your own hype whatever it's one of the reasons why i step back sometimes and people are always like why are you reviewing a 2d game like how dare you a 2d game like earth dawn or whatever i'm like whoa whoa, whoa wait i mean like to me that's the refresher right that's like the the palate cleanser and it's something so different. And then I'm going to really, uh, review, by the way, I'm going to drop a game that everybody should buy. It's called uh, Contradiction. It's an F- FMV game, uh, a detective game that came out last year. Fantastic. And people are just blown away that I reviewed it. I'm like, that's how you do things, though. Like, that, yeah. y- you should look at everything. You don't want to get too caught up in it. Uh, and that's not a diss on Total Biscuit. That's, that, but that does show that looking at different people, even if you do follow one, you know, Maddie's done it, and I have. Where somebody will be like, "I can't believe we disagree." I'm unsubscribing, and I'm like, "Please do," because if you think that I agree with Cadiz, who's on my channel all the time, I will say this: we disagree more than we agree on games. He yeah. understands where I come from, but that dude and I, man, you should hear us sometimes. It's like two old women, where it's just like, "What the <laughs> fuck?" You like, and I'll, I yeah. lay into him. I'll be like, "What do you mean you like that?" And he's like, "Well, it's blah blah blah." That's good. Like, all reviewers don't have to be the same. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, man, go out there and find somebody, and don't expect to don't expect to agree with them all the time. Maddie's seen it. I saw one on Maddie where somebody was like, "Yeah, I can't believe you gave this." It was on Forza. Uh, like, how dare you review a racing game or you yeah. review racing games now? And I was like, "Whoa, whoa, what the, like game, the fuck was, up, man?" I was like, "Game's a game, dude." <laughs> yeah, game's a game, and you do want people like Maddie, who doesn't play a lot of racing games, to review them because I have somebody exactly. who's I have somebody coming on my podcast, and this will be his first console ever. And I always tell this to people when they ever bitch about my Far Cry Primal review, they'll be like, "Well, it's just a reskin Far Cry," and I'll I'll say, "Guess what? Many people haven't played Far Cry before, so I don't care about that. I care about how is Primal." And this guy got into games because of Primal. And he was like, dude, that game, like, I've never thought of video games. He just bought an Xbox One. He's playing Primal right now. And I love that. New people. Maddie, review a fucking fighting game. Like, mm. that would be awesome. And even though it, he said he's playing it's, it's so, Exoverse or whatever. It's so refreshing that you bring that up because I, I think this is an internal struggle that 
I, I don't think there's there's a clear answer to this because on one side of the argument, when, when someone reviews a game, they might review the game in the context of every single game in that franchise that has come out before that point. And then someone else reviews a game, not really having played that genre recently, not really having played that, the previous games in that franchise. And so those two different perspectives result in very, very two different reviews, but they each serve a purpose. One serves yeah. a purpose for someone that is a fan of that series. So let's, let's take Assassin's Creed and we'll take, uh, I don't know, Assassin's Creed 3, for example. Someone might standalone review Assassin's Creed 3 and think that's a great game. Someone else might review that game in the context of Assassin's Creed 1, 2, Brotherhood, etc. and think that it doesn't really add much more. But each of those reviews serve a purpose because not everyone's going to be new to the game and not everyone's going to be a fan of the game and haven't mm. played the previous games. That's the point of looking at different reviews and perspectives. Yeah, and speaking of Assassin's Creed, I can attest to that because I'm pretty sure Brotherhood came out between 2 and 3, correct? And so, yeah, yeah. yeah, I never played at the time Brotherhood. I played 2, I didn't play Assassin's Creed for a while, and then 3 showed up. And I 3 is still my favorite Assassin's Creed, funny enough, because even though I had a very slow start, I think it was the strongest one in terms of gameplay mechanics and yeah, narrative and things to do. And so, I think part of that was because I had that time where I didn't play one, which made my opinion differ from a lot of other people who played 2, Brotherhood, then 3. They didn't have that brief stint to forget about Assassin's Creed, to play other things, and then miss it for a little bit and then pick up three. Which is one thing Todd Howard has said a lot that I think our, our listeners can uh, appreciate is that he says it's important to miss a game. He says you want to yeah. not just keep pumping them out. You want to miss that game because then it's more special when you're playing it. And it's true. But entirely. he's also speaking to a particular fan, though. Uh, there are fans who like Forza 6 because it's got 6 after it. So, yeah. you know, there's different fans. Uh, it's funny. Yeah. Uh, when I do reviews, I have a, it, what's called an introduction section and then a inspection section. And the reason why I do that, or investigation section, the reason why I do that is because I try to cover the game from a newcomer and from somebody if, if it's got some prior mechanic or if it's number six in a title. And yeah. uh, the reason why I created that was because a lot of my friends, yeah, just got into games. And you do have to cover it. You, you do have to look at it because, like Maddie said, if you're looking at... Assassin's Creed 3, I know a person who played it. They were a history professor, and they played it and did a YouTube walkthrough, and it was fantastic. And basically, awesome. all it was right, was cool. him talking about history. And it was just like, I mean, he's <laughs> like, and, and, and no lie, man. He's like, and and this house, it's actually sort of where I got the idea of my walking the walk videos, where I talk about artistic representation in games instead of like, uh, like however. Historical like, references and stuff. Yeah, and that's why in my walking the walks, I do a little less technical stuff, and it's more like, you know, this is cool here because it, it fits in here. And he he was just walking through it. And a lot of people are like, you're not playing well. And I'm all, oh, my God. <laughs> like, you've missed the entire you've missed the entire reason for his mm. – him. it's a newcomer, and we need to celebrate that. We need to celebrate, like, people's difference of opinions, uh, you know, on the way a game is. And yeah. I, I agree with Todd. I see what he's saying. But at yeah. the same time, if you told me next year – we're going to get KOTOR 1, 2, 3, and 4, and Forza 7, and Forza Horizon 4, my honest opinion would be this. If it is a good game, I don't give a fuck what the number is after it. True. And yeah. I am not like a lot of people, so I know that that's not normal. You, you mean but. people getting mad that it's called Red Dead Redemption 2? <laughs> <laughs> did you hear? Did you guys watch my video where I purposely called it 3? I got yeah. death threats for that. So serious? in my vi- oh yeah in my video I start out saying hi everybody this is Carrick with ACG and today I'm gonna do a preview on the trailer that just came out Red Dead Redemption Three and people shat them they were so mad they were so mad and I was like dude oh it was just God. a joke because it's technically like 
the third, the third and then, Red Dead game, you, but it's yeah. or the one where I dropped where I said that uh, the son in Gears of War four, the son of Marcus, mm. uh, and it's or son of Dom. I said it was the son of Dom, which it's the son of Marcus. But in my, I had a huge font that said we are not allowed to tell any story parts or put any. Remember the embargo, Maddie? It was pretty crazy. It was like you can yeah. There's like use specific B-roll gameplay right. before launch, right. and then after that, do campaign gameplay. And, I was just like, what the and fuck? And they had like eight bullet points about not ruining the story. So I decided I was going to joke about a fake yeah, story spoiler. The fate of this person, the fate of this person, the reveal so of I this. Said, I'm like, oh my I god. I said the guy was uh, was Dom's son, and people could not figure out the joke. <laughs> I mean, I you must you would not believe. I left this video the moment he said Dom's son. And I'm like, there's a fucking yellow font that's like this big Dude, talking about yeah. goofy stories. That's the hardest part about oh. doing reviews is that people don't fully listen. They don't. It's a sad True. truth. Not all of them. I'm not speaking for everyone, but no, I, I, I think no. my Skyrim no, review right, is though. a fucking great example just in the past 24 hours. I just watched it, I'm yeah. how dudes yep. don't fucking listen. And I, yeah. I'm like sitting there, mind blown. Maddie fucking hates Skyrim. I'm like, are you deaf? That's what I said to someone. I'm like, are you deaf? That's all I asked. I was like, are you fucking deaf? Because I literally say in the first minute, I love Skyrim so much. It's great to be back. I fucking love this game. It's so big. There's so much to do. And if you're new, you got to get in on this shit. But if you haven't played it, you shouldn't buy this game because you, you, you know, no, you, you know I'm what it like, is. It's it's not just people being hardcore fans. It's also a lot of people that maybe they pre-ordered, maybe they purchased it, that are looking to validate their own purchase, right? Sure. And Dude, and they're looking like people the game? to yeah. All right, there you go. Validated. Fucking yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. I know. Oh I know. my god. And I get and, and I get it because that's why reviews are a tricky process. I get it because I've done it not to validate my purchase, but I'll love a game that I haven't watched reviews on. I'll say, I wonder what you know the press thinks about this. I wonder what other YouTubers think about this. And I will watch reviews. I get that perspective. Because I think that's an interesting point of view of watching a review. What yeah. I don't get is when I clear as fuck say I like or don't <laughs> like something and you fucking tell me I didn't say it or something like that. I mean in the or Maddie can't make up his mind about Skyrim because Let's he says he sure. likes it and does, doesn't like it. I'm like, bro, you're new. I sure said that, that you should watching. buy it. People watching are not the people he's talking about because you're watching this, which yeah. indicates you already got through a bunch of fucking crazy shit. So yeah. it, don't take it personally because it's not even calling him it, like saying, are you deaf? Whatever. That's just a reaction. He's obviously not being a jerk. It What happens is it it calls into question what else the person didn't hear as well and and that's yeah. what maddie's saying is like when you when you're like wait a minute you didn't hear the very first then how far have you watched no, i watched it all well what else didn't you like didn't you yeah. listen to yeah. I, because and and that's so in no way shape or form is anybody dissing on anybody here in fact those type of people many times are like like everybody's saying here are, are a little bit trying to um, make sure the purchase is validated and that they're not worried about something and that this game's going to turn and out good. Not missing something, yeah, yeah. It's... And sometimes that focus can cause you to miss stuff. So you're so focused on like what a score is or what somebody's saying in a certain point, you might miss the other stuff or a joke. I was yeah. particularly harsh on people missing my joke, but. If I have to explain a joke, technically, you do have the saying that if you have to explain a joke, it's not very yeah. funny. And, and I think a good way to, <laughs> I think a good way to wrap up the whole um, Bethesda review code policy thing is like I, I saw an uh, article on Polygon that says this is why you shouldn't review. Uh, sorry, pre-order games. And to that, I'll say make your own decision. Okay, if you want to mm. pre-order a game, pre-order yeah. a game. If you want to wait and, and listen to reviews, 
and, and watch reviews, then listen and watch reviews. Don't let anybody dictate to you, you know, what you should be doing. Hear different perspectives, you know, be influenced in that way, and then come to your own decision. And if you decide, even though the reviews are being withheld to a day before that you want to pre-order or purchase on day one, then do that. And if you want to wait, then wait. At the end of the day, the power is in your hands yeah. to protect yourself. For me, I, I take with games a very case-by-case approach. I've, I've realized that it's not just I have my set stances on certain things, but I go case-by-case case where... I look at it this way, if like news keeps rolling out of Bethesda and I consistently praise them, I'll notice the responses. I'm a fanboy. If I go the other way and I'm like, I don't like this that much, then people react in that general... like Because the reason I'm mentioning that is because it's a very immediate uh, environment that we're in nowadays where people will... Um, I'm trying to think of how exactly to word this. When well, I think to try and exemplify that, I mean, I remember one once uh, Boogie tweeted out that in one video he was claimed to be both a I think it was like a, a Microsoft uh, fanboy and against Microsoft in the very same video. Like, mm-hmm. pe- I, I guess the thing is, people hear what they want to hear, and if they, they think you're a Bethesda fanboy because you say positive things, and yeah. they're going to believe that. And then when you say negative things, like. You, just because he covers both sides of the argument doesn't mean he's one way or the other. I mean, he's just yeah. covering both sides of the argument. Yeah, exactly. This is what I was trying to get to. But I had another point that escaped me because this is what happens when, when these podcasts go on. It's when it hits the hour and a half <laughs> point. Literally, once it hits it, my brain shuts off, I think. It's That's ridiculous. Right. So <sighs> if you guys quickly want to just breeze over for playing any games, quickly talk about Skyrim. that for the, the long-term <laughs> listeners. Yeah, you're playing Skyrim. Are you liking it? This time around? Uh, so I've, I play like two to three hours. Like My problem is, and it's not just with Skyrim, it's me personally. I, I can't seem to sit down and play a game. I, I'm, I have that block that I'm sure many gamers go through where they mm-hmm. just can't play a game and, and finish a game and just can't sit down and do that. So I'm trying to get over that hurdle and I'm using Skyrim to do that to say I'm not going to play any other games. I'm not going to you know try and start one and finish another or whatever. I'm just going to play this game and try and get over that personal block of mine. Hmm. I feel you. Yeah, I had that. Actually, last time I had that was until Fallout 4 came out. And I was like rejuvenated and like I haven't looked back since, but I feel you. Uh, what about you, yeah. Carrick? You playing anything? Um, uh, that nothing that em- he can talk that, about. That is an embargo. <laughs> no, no, it's uh, I just don't I don't want to repeat what I've, I've, I've said a couple things. I'm playing uh, Deadly Tower Monsters again, which is free on PSN. Um, mm, I remember saying that. One of one of the best games of that year for sure. Uh, it's fantastic. Like nineteen, it's like Flash Gordon run through the Gauntlet video games. It's crazy good. And mm. uh, let's see what else I've been playing. Uh, I'm gonna play a little bit more Earth Dawn. Um, you know, even though it's not uh, Odin Sphere with guns like it wants to be, it's got some good points. And then uh, let's see what else. Um, Honestly, man, I've been sort of out of the loop for the last couple of days because uh, I'm teaching. Um, I got some new students for martial arts, so I haven't really been okay. like oh, doing cool. as many games. Um, I'm Not trying to thing. think. Yeah, I, I like. I do you know what I'm stoked for though? I'm just gonna say this. I mean, literally stoked for uh, Dead Dead Rising, the new. De- I, I just I watched I, the trailer. Yeah, looks cool. I, I can't wait. So, in all honesty, I'm playing the watch some trailers and and bone up on Dead Rising kind of. I have to ask because I'm someone that I, I just I'm not a fan of Dead Rising, and I I just I don't necessarily get the appeal of it. And I think I'd like to hear the opinion of someone that obviously you seem to like Dead Rising. What what is it about Dead Rising that you like? Because for me, at, at some point, it just got kind of repetitive when I played it on Xbox One. 
Yeah, sure. So Dead Rising, um, uh, let's let's be honest, though, it's a different game than it was. So the original okay. Dead Risings, which are Capcom classic style titles, are more of the um, a little quirky. They've got some weird, you know, boss mechanics to them. They've got some uh, they've got those bosses you can defeat after one hit if you know what you're doing. Weird <laughs> stuff like that. Right. Yeah. So Dead Rising one and two were more that um, cold okay. case, whatever. Dead Rising three is more of a I'm just. People are going to get mad, but it's more of a Twitch style, let's show it to everybody style of game uh, Dead Rising 3 okay. is. I'm also okay with that. It's a lot of Armageddon, co-op. It's a game where you and I can jump into it and just fucking go nuts without any real feedback or <laughs> skill required. That's the honest truth. Mm-hmm. Like it, It's more about destroying as much as possible. So Dead Rising is just, it, it's just a part, uh, it's, it's a playground. and. Mm. Um, it's it's not what it was. It's not what it was. So I, I don't know if you liked it originally and then don't like it or what okay. titles you played, but it has changed substantially since number one. Substan- like, it's it's almost a different series. Uh, it's like Bio... Or what is it? Uh, uh, not Bioshock. Um, uh, Biohazard. Uh, Resident Evil. Oh, okay. You know how... Re- yeah, Resident Evil's seen some massive changes. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's like that. I've been, exactly I've been rolling like through them. I actually, like I've, I've said on the podcast, you know, I've, I've played, I, or I have not played four, but I've played five, played six, and then you look at seven, mm. it's like, what the fuck oh, is going on? Exactly. It is, it is exactly, that is the greatest way to see those differences, is that it, if you liked Resident Evil, depending on which one you liked, mm. um, what you're playing now. Yeah, it, I mean, it's insane. That, because you look it, at four, survival horror, five, little action pack, but still, you know, you can't move while you shoot. Six is like third person action adventure Gears shooter. Of War. Yeah, Gears what? of War. This cover based oh, shooting. It it's insane. Yeah. It's Geared of ha- or Gears of Hazard, as we and called then, it in our review. It's and, just. Yeah, and then Bioshock. Well, Bioshock, Jesus Christ. Sorry, uh, I call them. I'm good. Everyone's saying it. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. And then Resident, Resident <laughs> Evil 7 is uh, like the first person horror survival, VR. like VR now. It's like, what the fuck is happening? Jeez. Anyway, the game I'm playing this week is Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2. How is that? I mean, I'm a Dragon Ball fan, but I've never, like, my friend was a really big Dragon Ball, you know, mm-hmm. uh, game fan, but I've more watched the anime, and I'm happy with that. So, you, like, have you played any Dragon Ball games? Uh, Budokai Tenkaichi. I All can't right, remember so the, played, the like, number at the end of it. All right, so, yeah, if it was, like, like two. classic one. Yeah, if it was, yeah. like, two, you played the right one. But, uh, <laughs> all, yeah, Budokai, Budokai Tenkaichi, like, all those are really good. Raging Blast is okay. Xenoverse, the first one, was, like, really good because it was a fresh take because, you know, you're time traveling and you're there's different things happening in these famous story arcs that we've seen again and again and again with Dragon Ball games and this anime as well that it was really refreshing to have a new story for Dragon Ball. I mean, that's the one gripe that I had, I remember, when I was playing Dragon Ball games, mm-hmm. um, that... In the story modes, it was always the same arcs being told over yeah, and over again. I'm just exactly. like, holy shit, I've watched the anime many times and played the games, and now I'm... it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. That's boring. Yeah. Sorry. And so, no, you're fine, because that's the problem Xenoverse 2 has, where there are, really? some, there are some bright moments. Yeah, but it's like they used up all their good ideas on the first one. one. Yeah. And, and the second one... It's still fun, but it's still the same. You got your clothing shop, accessory shop, skill shop. You're leveling up your own character that you customize in the beginning. Great soundtrack, awesome art style. You're running missions. You can play online with your friends. 
it's like the various versions of Fantasy Star that came out that were online. Mm-hmm. It's like each one was re- was released, and you were like, it's a little different. Yeah, you know, but like. Yeah. This isn't. I'm talking like Call of Duty. Oh, it's, it's the same formula. Like this is literally Dragon Ball Xenoverse one, with yeah. with like a couple of things here and there. Like it's really the same game. What's cool though is that the story they took like one step forward with the time travel stuff, where you'll see random characters appear in fights. Like when Goku's fighting Frieza, uh, in that big one on one fight, Cooler randomly yeah. appears in the story and helps out Frieza, and then you appear. To help out against Cooler and oh, Frieza, that's cool. so yeah, it's yeah. stuff like that that's really cool. But those moments are few and far between, so okay. it's an issue. Uh, one thing they did fix, though, I will give them credit, is that they, for those who have played Xenoverse, you'll know that there was a lot of grinding to get all the skills and equipment that you wanted, and it was all like RNG. It was just it was just randomly dropped for you, and they finally fucking got rid of that shit where. Well, actually, I wouldn't say got rid of it, but you're guaranteed to get something new each time, which means that you're probably going to at max run a mission two or three times if you want to get everything, which I know sounds a little redundant, a little tedious, but in Xenoverse 1, you'd run it like eight times and not get what you needed. So you could say it's the lesser of two evils, but for me, running a mission a second time is fine. Not a problem. Uh, That's if you're a completionist. If not, you can just keep rolling through, but it's not... Not a bad game. It's for Dragon Ball fans. And if it's like, like I say, with all reviews, if you're like a newcomer, then Xenoverse 2 is a good place to start, absolutely. Which I think is what they aimed it for, because Xenoverse 1, I think, sold well. Because they're making a second one, so. Mm. But yeah, that's what I'm playing. Um, I guess it's time to wrap up the podcast, right? Yeah. I, uh, think. We, I think we can forego on, on fan questions. I mean, that was a pretty long discussion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was ridiculous. Kudos to us. We're talkative. <laughs> i just I, I i hope you don't get like yeah i i hope people understand the way i view it is that we made it clear in the beginning we're not biased on this topic we made it clear what our stance was we made it clear that like our business that does a relationship with bethesda does not affect what we're thinking we made all that pretty clear like at that point it's just a clash of personal opinions, which happens in every video, and I've just kind of accepted that that shit's going to happen. People are going to complain either way. Mm. You know, so we'll see how it goes. It'll probably Good piss luck. people Fingers off. Crossed. <laughs> yeah, it'll probably piss people off, but we were trying, we're trying to be as rational as possible. If, if we've done what we can, then it's kind of out of our yeah. hands, I feel. And I'm okay being the unrational one, so we're good. <laughs> <laughs> On this. You're always welcome to be the unrational one on the podcast. Yeah, yeah exactly. Do. Make me be the bad guy and shit. I'm just losing subscribers. It's all like, Carrie. It's him. Yeah. yeah it's, it's like, I don't know why you said that, man. I was just sitting there. I didn't want to edit it out. At the, you should like edit in some font because I won't watch the end where it's like, in actuality, we completely disagree in all ways, shapes, or form, and he's stupid. I'm just like, I'm losing all these subscribers. It's crazy. No, no. What we'll do, we'll like CC it. So every time Carrie talks, it's just like, don't listen to him. He's just being overly <laughs> negative. Exactly. <laughs> God, he's whining. Uh, no, but again, it's it's really good to get both like every side of an argument as mm-hmm. much as we can. That, yeah. that that's the important thing. I agree. All right, well, Carrick, thank you once again for your time joining us this oh, yeah. week. It was a great yeah, discussion. Yeah. That was that was intense shit. And <laughs> if anything, I'm hoping what this episode of the podcast did was gave people think, something to think about. Like maybe they'll disagree with us or whatever, but at least they they I I think you could walk away from this informed as fuck. Yeah. yeah. And if you, if you yeah, if you say you didn't, then I I don't know what to tell you, man. You're fucked. 
then you probably <laughs> think that he hates Skyrim. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. No, he, he both loves and hates Skyrim at the same time. Yes. The What's wrong with that dude? What's, he can't make up his mind. <laughs> <laughs> that piece of shit. All right. Yeah. All right, well, guys. Let's wrap this up. Thank you guys for yeah. listening this deep. If you have, if you, if you did, uh, let us know. We haven't made a podcast this long in a while, so be sure to tweet at any of us with our handles on screen and let us know you listened this far because uh, we'd like to thank those type of listeners for, yeah, for giving sure. us their time. So we do appreciate that. And we will catch you guys in next week's podcast. Hey. See ya.